All right, Ulysses, it's a Wednesday, which means it's time for our weekly mailbag episode. Yes, and we have a voice memo from a, a listener that's talking to us for the first time. So I'm very excited about this. I think you all should too. Let's get started. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked on Rays podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. All right, Ulysses, let's get right into these mailbag questions. We have three of them, and this first one is a voice memo. It is. But before we do, I really want to say thank you to everybody who's joined the community of Locked on Rays on YouTube. It is very, very cool. We have 466-ish subscribers. Uh, you know, So can, can we make it? I know this might be lofty, Kevin, but can we make it to yeah. 500, a playoff push? You know, the Rays are doing a playoff push, you know, last homestand ticket discount thing. Can we do a playoff push to 500 subscribers on YouTube? Can we make it happen? That would be nice. We might need some uh, help from the Lockdown Podcast Network. Just you know, maybe some more retweets and shares on Facebook and Instagram. That maybe that'll put push us over the hump. That would be nice. That would be nice. Okay. Anyway, let's start with the full, the first voice memo. It's from Rhodes Conover. Let's hear um, you know the thoughts. Hey, Kevin and Ulysses. Uh, I grew up in Florida, but uh, actually as a Cubs fan, uh, which was due to my access to WGN games on TV, not Rays games. Uh, However, given the Cubs' deeply insulting rebuild they started a little bit ago, I've mostly moved on from that organization and have focused on the Rays. One thing that jumps out to me is this massive Rays contract, at least by Rays standards, that uh, they gave to Wander Franco that demolishes demolishes their previous record. Uh, Perhaps I'm being influenced uh, by being a fan of a big market team for such a long time, but it seems very odd to me they would drop $186 million on a single player, regardless of that player's talent level. They weren't willing to spend some money in the offseason to support him. Uh, And with Tyler Glass now under contract for next season and likely to return, uh, it seems like the Rays should be all in on a World Series title in 2023. Can we expect the Rays to make aggressive moves this offseason that might cost a little more money than we're used to, either via trade or free agency, or do we expect them to continue to operate like business as usual? Thanks. Uh, Great question there from Rhodes. And may I also add this? He's got a really good broadcasting voice as well if he ever wants to uh, venture into that uh, marketplace. Very I, I could listen to his voice uh, more than just 30, 45, 60 seconds, whatever it may be. So shout out to Roach there. Uh, his question, what do you think, Ulysses? Uh, well, Rhodes, thank you so much for writing to us, uh, or actually, you know, writing to us with a voice memo. That's pretty cool. Uh, so hopefully hey, you're, you're the second one on this new template that we've created. So that's pretty cool. Uh, make, make make the podium. Um, so be sure to send in your voice memos, uh, guys. Uh, 
Rhodes, I I gotta say, this has been a very slow, gradual buildup of spending money, and it all started with Charlie Morton. Uh, the, the those those two year fifteen mil per plus the option for fifteen mil that ultimately was not picked for twenty twenty one. That was a break in the routine for the race. That was the first one. Um, and we've seen it little by little, uh, that then, you know, we heard about the Kimbrel, uh, finishing second, uh, sweepstakes, which now seems like, Hey, think, you know, thank the Lord that they actually ended up uh, being second on, on, on those sweepstakes. Um, Freddie Freeman this off season, he, he apparently was also got in the podium for the race in, in, in second uh, place. He ended up going to the Dodgers, maybe third, if, if obviously the, yeah. the Braves offer was still Weren't there. Weren't the Rays kicking uh, around Marcel Azuna at one point? Yes, they were. Marcel Azuna was also a, a, a race target and apparently very close to, to being attached to them. So, Rhodes, they have – it's the problem is that they haven't actually – sign ink them and 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 to your point that's what counts in the end right if they actually play for you now be like well we were second in the freddie freeman like who gives a crap about being second like it doesn't matter are you playing are you are you having that guy in your lineup or not um but i do think that the rays are going to be a little bit more active spending money and and i said this with the wonder franco signing this is a move into that way of they're not really Windows of opportunity are not forever. And for race fans that are, that are optimistic and they're like, oh, we're never going to lose, then you haven't seen enough baseball in your lifetime. And you should probably watch more and not talk as much because windows of opportunity are not endless. Yeah. They're endless if you have a $300 million uh, uh, budget payroll and you can get anybody that you want and you don't have attendance problems and you don't have a stadium issue hanging over your head, yeah, then you can do whatever you want, anytime at all. But the Rays are not that per, uh, not, not that team, so they have to operate within certain boundaries, and this is a window of opportunity that they cannot let go of, and that's what you're seeing, $25 million being spent on a Tyler Glass now. That's why you're seeing Wonder Franco being, being, being given this amount of money. And I think the Warner contract is, of course, an outlier from the standpoint of it speaks to his talent level and being a what we think and what pretty much the baseball industry uh, industry thinks is a um, an amazing, amazing talent and that money will go well spent. And I don't know if the Rays will ever go, quote unquote, all in, but it's not like they haven't it's not like they gave wander that contract and didn't spend any money at all after that in fact we've seen some interesting deals and maneuvers from them from the standpoint of how much did they give brooks Rayleigh? they extended yeah. manny margot they yeah. added Corey kluber they didn't trade kevin kiermeyer in the off season they acquired david peralta mid-season that's a couple million dollars right there they forked up for G-Man Choi and Ryan Yarbrough in arbitration. They brought back or were willing to give Mike Zanino $7 million. So I know it's not that, okay, you gave uh, Wander $185, $200 million, whatever the total winds up being, and then giving that next guy a uh, you know number two in the, the free agency for offseason wish list, uh, you know, a four-year $60 million. I don't know if we'll ever 
see that anytime soon. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if, depending on how much money comes off the books and how they work things around, if, you know, we've talked about a middle-of-the-order bat, you know, add, bring back David Peralta or give Michael Brantley a Charlie morton S deal of two years, $30 million. I think that's something that could be uh, within reach for sure. And let's not forget that the middle of the order bat is signed to a very, very team-friendly deal in Brendan Lau. So you have pieces around him. It's a young, it's a, it's a young team road. So a lot of that is like pre-arb. So you don't need to sign Randy Rosarena when you have him for under contract. You don't need to sign Isak Paredes if you don't have to. Uh, so Brandon Lau's already under contract. So yeah. you've got pieces. So if you're looking for that big boom, boom of Freddie Freeman, okay, they got they got second or third or whatever it, it was during that signing. Like I understand that, but they do have pieces around them, even if they're not free agent booms. Yeah. I don't think, like you, I don't think the Rays are ever going to go, you know, all in on on a, yeah. on a single year because it's as many years as possible being available to go to the playoffs. That's what they see as successful, and I have to agree with that uh, w- with that mindset. I'd rather be always a competitive team and never win the World Series than you know be the Marlins. Like, I mean, that's a right. that, that's a conversation for for another time, but. Yeah, no, uh, Rhodes. They've 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 got. Hopefully, this off season, there's a a free agent that could really make a splash again. I love that you love the Michael Brantley, Kevin. I I would I would just love that addition to the lineup. If it isn't David Peralta and Michael Brantley, I mean, I think that would just be yeah. wonders to 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 that offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, yeah. great question by Rhodes there. And we've got a couple other great mailbag questions. But Ulysses, we have to give race fans out there and Locked on Rays listeners a very important message now. Yes, we do. And you know what? Uh, just like it takes confidence to sign free agents, it takes confidence to do certain things in life. So when you're in the bedroom and you're not really feeling that comfortable, maybe Blue Chew is what you need because Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as a Viagra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead and be ready for whatever opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com, you consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. It's pretty simple. It's kind of like, you know, calling up somebody from AAA and have them rake. That can be Blue Chew for you. And the best thing about this, it's done online, guys. So there's no awkward visits to the doctor's office, no conversations like that, and there's no waiting line at the pharmacy. So today, if you think that you could benefit from a little bit extra confidence, a little bit extra boost when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. All right? So you've got a special deal for our listeners Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay five dollars for chi- uh, shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. 
All right. This next mailbag question from Cody Glazer. He says, hey, Locked On Pals, the first two mailbag questions of mine had a negative flair to them, but now I am fully on team good vibes only the rest of the way. Keeping with that positive vibe, which Ray or Rays are you most proud of this year? Could be because of their overall performance, fighting through injuries, adversities, uh, adversity, being a recent dad, and so on. Raise up and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Cody, for again reaching out. And uh, you know, there it's a 162 game season. We all have times where we can be down and we can be up and exhilarated and 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 depressed. Like it's it's okay, Cody. That this is the the whole thing about being a fan, right? So good to hear from you again. Now with the good vibes, I love this. You know, we're in September. We're in the in, in playoff uh, hunt, so we should. Be happy as race fans more than sad boys. Hmm. Who am I? You know what? For those that remember, we did an episode titled Meet Harold Ramirez. Okay. This is before the season started, obviously, when they acquired him. And I don't know if you remember, Kevin, but I was elated about it. I saw the potential and I wanted to see it coming through fruition. But in my wildest expectations, I mean, he has just exceeded those by, by a mile. Let's look at his numbers yeah. throughout the season. 306 batting average, a 350 on base, 414 slug. That's a 764 OPS. Okay. Okay. That that's for Esteban Kiros. That's who they that's who they traded. Esteban Kiros. Okay. That does anybody miss him? All right. That's no. the point. That's the point. Six home runs. 54 RBIs. He is hustling always. Just the type of player that you want to just make clones of. Sprint speed at the 73rd percentile. The K rate. Yeah, he doesn't strike out any at all. 83rd percentile for the K rate. So I know September has not been kind. So for all those that might not be Herald fans, they're going to be like, well, he's been awful lately. I get it. Eight for his last 56. Okay. But are we really going to focus on the last 56 at-bats and not the prior five months? I think then you're being a little bit disingen- disingenuous, Harold uh, 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 Hater. Uh, so that's that's my point. He has exceeded expectations no matter what September has been unkind to him. He has performed way above yeah. what anybody had planned for him. So that's my answer, Cody. It is Harold Ramirez. All right, since you took Harold Ramirez, uh, I'll provide a little bit of a podium for this question. Um, no particular order of this podium, but three names nonetheless. Uh, Francisco Mejia for stepping up and showing out in place of Mike Zanino and proving himself to be a everyday or 1A catcher. Uh, Christian Bethencourt for making it to the majors for the first time since I believe 2017 after playing overseas, playing independent ball. He was a high profile prospect and had to learn a lot of things about the game and about himself. And he seems to really, not only is he doing pretty much everything for the Rays besides uh, catching and playing the infield and uh, hitting and, and pitching and, you know, 
he's he's really a solid solid ball player that uh the rays i think might have uh, struck a little bit of gold in that trade with the athletics but i think he provides a lot of perspective that uh, the younger players can utilize and um digest so that's another guy um again these aren't necessarily superstars or guys you would think about traditionally uh third i'm going to give a shout out to uh yucky yarbs ryan yarbrough for um you know he but it's yummy yarbs now it's yummy yarbs yeah, now. yummy yarbs yummy yarbs that's right so uh i give him credit for battling through adversity handling multiple trips to triple a germ after his crummy year last year a lot of guys would struggle with that but um he's really stepped up in in multiple ways for the Rays, and also pitching when he's not been scheduled to pitch so uh i i like what uh yarbrough's doing uh done so far this season and don't look now but he's fifth in innings pitch this year for the race i don't know if he'll get to 100 he's at like 79 right now but that just shows you the the stability and when there's a guy that you need um you know he's not the flashiest guy by any means but when you need a guy that can eat up some innings and provide a little bit of stability ryan yarbrough's there so just gonna leave it at that yeah 100 percent. when yarbrough is on and and when he's utilized when he's put in a position to succeed he will do the job and you will get what you want what you need from him and i know people a lot a lot of people want different things when ryan yarbrough is pitching but you will get what you need um and if you're a rolling stones fan well then that's your reference for today um that i'm with you man 79 innings that's pretty impressive because the guy was not only injured in the beginning of the season but then spent a chunk of time in triple a and he's still putting 80 innings Uh, that's 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 remarkable i mean when we we talked about his future and what it could be in 2023 will that will he come back or not i mean when how many guys can you pencil in for a hundred innings uh, in the last five years for the race? Yeah, not many, not many at all. Not many. Um, so yeah, he, he very well might have pitched his way onto the playoff roster, and very uh, very well might have pitched his way onto uh, the twenty twenty three roster as well for the race. All right, uh, this last mailbag question we'll get to from Caleb. He says. How do you see the Rays catching situation looking in 2023? Should the Rays bring back Zanino? He said he wants to come back. If so, where does that leave Mejia, Bethancourt, and Brene Pinto? I must have missed that interview where he said he wanted to come back. Did you catch that? I don't recall per se, but uh, if Caleb says it, uh, maybe he found it. Somewhere. I mean, I would imagine that maybe he said it flippantly or offhand to Topkin of, hey, uh, you know, it sucks that I've got to deal with this injury, but looking forward to hopefully uh, coming back and returning with the race. I would imagine that based on his family structure and being a Florida boy that he would want to come back with the race. Yeah, he seems to uh, have a home here in a comfortable spot here. I don't know why he would leave elsewhere unless the money was so significant, and I don't know if that's going to be the case. Right. So that's the thing. I let's let's talk pit, uh, catching right now. Rene Pinto is not part of the catching core. He's much yeah. exactly more like depth. So 
that's a that's a scratch off the name. But you so got he, uh, Ronaldo like, Hernandez. Is he Ronaldo Hernandez territory? Uh, that's Michael that, Perez that, that, territory. Uh, Rene Pinto. That's a conversation for another episode. I think I would okay. go into a tangent with Rene. But I do like what he's done w- with the glove, by the way. Uh, the bat okay. maybe could develop, but you would need a lot of of sample size to see if it develops. And I don't know if the race are willing to do that. Anyway, so I'm not talking about Rene Pinto anymore. Now I'm focusing on the other guys. We have spent a lot of time this week on Monday's episode and on today's episode talking about Mejia and Bethancourt. They have worked out beautifully. Now, could the race get cute and carry three catchers next year? If the price is right for Zunino, say Zunino is like, look, I don't want to go anywhere. They're giving me five mil for a year in Colorado. They're giving me six mil in Milwaukee. But if you guys give me two and a half, I'm in Tampa Bay. I want to stay. The race could get cute and get three catchers. And here, and, and here's why. Bethancourt is kind of a versatile guy. Yes. He's played some corner outfield, maybe not with the Rays. He's he plays some first base. You could DH him if you if you needed to. You could also DH a guy like Mike Zunino, depending on the matchup, because you want him to have fresh legs. And if it's a lefty and you want him to mash, boom, there's Zunino. So you could get cute if the price is right and carry three catchers because Christian Bethencourt kind of acts like a little bit of a rover. And Mejia does too because Mejia has played first base as well. So depending on how much Zunino is out there in, in, the, in, in the free agent market and what he, he is, the kind of offers that he's getting, but if what yeah. Caleb is, is is saying is right, that he said that he would want to come back, which I would think because of all of the reasons that we've said ad nauseum about Zunino uh, being a good fit for the race, I, I, w- I wouldn't put it past the race to carry three catchers, but it would be on the unlikely spectrum rather than the likely spectrum. Yeah, and the issue you have with that is as much as I like Christian Bethencourt, the idea is that you could replace Christian Bethencourt's spot with a more productive bat. You could find a more productive bat out there, not necessarily a guy that can play catcher and play other positions, but if they're confident that, hey, Mike Zanino is going to stay healthy, Francisco Mejia is going to stay healthy, and we sign some AAA depth, like uh, Joe Hudson or something like that, or Kev- Kevin Smith, you know, they, they do that year in and year out, then so be it. But my question is, what would you rather have in 2023 today? Would you rather have the tandem of Mejia and Bethancourt or Mejia and Zanino? We haven't seen a drop-off, and I know this might be a bomb, we haven't seen a drop-off in pitcher effectiveness. Mm-hmm with Mejia and Bethancourt behind the plate. On the contrary, they've gotten us here. I think in the in the in the broadcast on Sunday, they said something in the last 18 games at the Trop, the Rays have won 15 of them and the starter ERA is sub 2 and the bullpen yeah. ERA is sub 2. So they're basically uh, getting 3 runs a game, 3 runs a game. Okay? 
if if we're gonna give props to Zanino for the job he did in 19, 20, and 21 behind the dish and all the the, the accolades that the pitchers did, then let's do it also for Mejia and Bethancourt. So yeah. has there been a drop-off? I don't particularly think so. And are Not that and, I can and can tell. right? And so and can we also say that the the catching offense has not been horrible like in years past again i focus on overall value mike zunino is yeah. a better defensive catcher than francisco mejia and christian bethencourt there is no argument against that but i don't yeah. care about what one player can do on one side of the ball i care about say it from the back people if you if you are a locked on race og listener two words Overall value, that's what matters yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, and, and let's not forget about Bethencourt's ability to throw the ball to second and nab out base dealers mm-hmm. or throw the ball to first or third, whatever it may be. And you combine the offensive production of Bethencourt and Mejia, um, there's not a lot of catchers that are putting up the types of numbers that they're putting up, No, either individually or combined. In fact, I... I would have to look this up, of course, but um, just taking in the numbers of what these guys have put together, it, it has to be top ten in the league of catcher production. Right? I, I can only tell you, like, because because of the notes that I have in the last fifteen games, Bethencourt has an eight oh four OPS. In the last thirty games, Mejia has a seven forty six OPS. Yeah, two eighty six getting average for for Bethencourt, two eighty four for Mejia. I know I already said to not look at only one stat. So I'm giving you two stats, people, yeah. because those are the notes I took. There you go. And depending on what the asking price is for Zanino, maybe the Rays can avoid that and use that money elsewhere. And the other question, too, is I think Blake Hunt will have to be added to the 40 man. So does that yep. mean Renee Pinto is uh, – on the chopping block and he's traded to a team that is kind of ready for that catcher to make the transition from triple a to the big leagues. So that's uh there's going to be some maneuvering there for sure. Um, best guess though, 2023, who are your race catchers? I, I think you roll with these guys, Mejia and Bethancourt, yeah, uh, I agree. because again, how, what can you really put your hand on the fire that Zunina is going to be healthy next year? And if you're a locked on race listener that thinks so, please write in the comments on YouTube and 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 help us out there with some comments. I, I don't think so, Kevin. And what concerns me too about the injury that he's dealing with, um, I mean, how that affects him for the future, but he was already struggling majorly, majorly offensively this year. Now, some of that probably was because of the injury, but also imagine how much time he'll go without seeing big league pitching, it's going to be a major, major adjustment from not playing ball and not playing high-level ball to having to step in right away. That concerns yeah, 100%. me. Yeah, 100%. And so. and if he doesn't come – but I think he would want to come back just because remember in 2019 that it came out that he actually did less work in the cage, and that's why his numbers were really pretty awful uh, offensively in 2019 because he spent – half of the time that he needed to be on the cage with the pitchers in order to create a rapport and create it to, to, to get to know them, to catch them, to see all the different things that they had to do, which was awesome for his defensive side, but it was a detriment to his offensive side. So if he goes to another team, 
this is the kind of guy that he is. So does he want to do that and, and, and risk a more offensive down year than if he were to stay in Tampa Bay and work with pitchers that he already knows. So he doesn't have to sacrifice that side of the ball uh, of the ball. I don't know. It's going to be, t- it's going to be interesting. And I, I, I don't think it's a black and white issue here. I think there are um, pros and cons, but if I had to just choose right now, I would go with Mejia and Beth in court right now. Yeah. And also Mike Zanino, I mean, by the time next season starts, he's going to be 32 years old. He's been playing the bigs for, 10 years, basically. That's a lot yep. of wear and tear on the body, not to mention all the games he played in college at Florida as well. All right, uh, great questions there from our listeners out there. Thank you again for making the Locked on Race podcast your very first lesson every day. Now make your second lesson the Locked on MLP podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you on Thursday.